0: Cody here with DadDare.com. Welcome back to another DadDare conversation where I am talking with other dads who have different uh, work and family experiences to try to glean wisdom from them to hopefully prepare me to become and be the best dad that I can be. you are watching on youtube make sure you push the subscribe button all the way in and click the bell so you get notified when we post new videos if you're on facebook hit that uh, like button and if you're following our podcast make sure you subscribe thank you guys so much for following along today we have a really uh special interview with my friend isaac um special maybe isn't the best word but you're you've become someone that i am fond of over the last several months, because we've only known each other for a short period yeah. of time, yeah, yeah. And uh, why don't you kind of give an introduction of um, who you are, maybe a brief uh, like background on your work experience, sure. and then a little bit about your family.
1: Okay, uh, my name's Isaac Hernandez, uh, 51 years old. Uh, got married late in life, in my late 30s. Been married for 15 years now with my wife Becky. We have three sons: Isaac, Isaiah, and Israel and we have two adopted daughters, Natalia and Naya. I'm currently an assistant pastor with Calvary Chapel uh, Church in Ellensburg. And my work background, um, I probably been, I've been doing the pastor thing solely for about seven years. But before that, I was a manager for a fire sprinkler contractor in California. And before that, I was a police officer uh, in Northern California for 10 years. Um, so that's kind of my work background. And um, yeah, we're excited to raising this family with me my wife and i so very blessed to be here in ellensburg we love this is a a fantastic place to raise a family
0: yeah i agree uh so you have a variety of uh background as far as work goes and life experience yes um your your family is a little i guess diverse in the terms of some of them are biological some of them are adopted the the girls are adopted right so you you have I guess a lot that you could speak on, um, maybe if we start off kind of related to, um, your work experience, um, I'm curious, like with these different jobs that you've had, how has that impacted you being a dad?
1: Well, um, so by the grace of God, I was not uh, married when I was a police officer that was in my early 20s, so uh, that's a good thing. I was not really ready for it at the time. So by the time I did get married in my late 30s, I had already transitioned to another job where I was in management and learning a lot of different things. I had a mentor, which I had never really had before, <clears throat> and also had the uh, the value of looking back on mistakes. So that was just helping me formulate my life at the time. But um, some, of the, some of the pitfalls of working for... Uh, a fast paced company, the fire sprinkler company was that I was putting too much into work. So my, my fatherly experience comes a lot from mistakes and, and trying to grow and learn from that. So uh, I, God's gracious in that and, and offers a lot of, uh, he bridges the gap in that. Hmm. So I learned early on um, by mistakes of how to prioritize my family properly and not just, uh, you know, I had, I had, uh, you know, ill-conceived notions of what my family life was supposed to be like. Uh, I had the traditional husband is the bread, you know, goes goes out and kills the animal and brings it back and, yeah. you know, raise, is, provides for the family. But my wife was also, she's a school teacher. And so she was, a, she's a professional as well. So she was uh, doing very well for herself. Um, and so we, having that, um, kind of those bad viewpoints on family what, what, my wife is her role is her her role is the domestic part. I'm out I'm my job is busier'm I'm, I'm more important kind of kind of a bad attitude to have mm. and so I had to learn through those things and ambition you know those things need to take a backseat to my family mm. and uh, God was gracious to take me through some really difficult times and um, you know out of that came by the time we had our third son um, I had I quit my job to be a stay-at-home father and to pursue ministry full-time. Mm. So we'd come a full circle around where I never? my wife had asked me a few years before that, "Hey, what do you think about quitting your job?" I had kind of had a dream and I kind of I laughed at it. And you know, the Lord allows me to be <laughs> stupid like that and he he was he had the last laugh because he had a better plan. And so by the time we had our third son, I stayed home and I raised him from, you know, I was the I, he didn't go to daycare, he stayed home with me. Oh, so wow. it was it was me taking care of my little boy. And that was that was an amazing experience. I you know. Yeah. And then so that, that remains uh kind of brings us here to Ellensburg where uh my job is flexible. I'm a stay home dad in essence. I, I do a lot of work from home. I um I'm home I take the kids to the, the doctor's appointments uh, I, I cook dinner, I get the house ready, you know, so I mean, my wife is, uh, still a school teacher and her regimented job is Monday through Friday. So, um, you know, uh, but my ministry schedule is very, so I'm all over the place, Yeah. but it, it allows me. And I say that, and I'm, I'm very, very blessed to be able to serve my, my kids and my wife in that way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's, it's a unique experience and I, I cherish it. Yeah. Uh, how do you
0: balance like the emotional drain that comes with pouring into ministry as well as like pouring into your family? That those are two huge pieces of your life and they yeah. both are kind of pulling from you. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it comes it comes back to um the strength of our marriage is not uh because I'm a great person uh or I have some other skill that other people don't. But my wife um, has her a strong personal devotion time with God. And mine is as well. We both have our own independent time. Some families, some uh, marriages, they, they, they want to do Bible studies together and, and things like that. And that's great for some people, but that doesn't, our schedule doesn't really lend to that. Hmm. So, but that is the strength of our marriage. So no matter if you do it together, if you're doing it separate, that has to be the priority. God has to, you know, the marriage, the way we see it is that the marriage doesn't work without God being in the middle and drawing both parties together as one. Yeah, for sure. And so if he's not in control of it, then the whole marriage is going to collapse, no matter yeah. how great of a person you are. So uh, during those times, though, so we both have a strong uh, devotion time. Uh, my wife is my best friend, so I share a lot of things with her. And uh, I, I rely on the, on her uh, support. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes I need to talk and sometimes I need downtime. And so uh, that's, you know, it's really going back to the Lord to keep from being overly drained, depending on the Holy Spirit to bridge the gap. And that's what God That's what God does. I'm not perfect. There's times, obviously, where we, we don't always live up to those ideals, but, you know, God's grace is sufficient for us even in those times. Um, and so just having... Um, You know, not just my wife, but also having other men in my life that I can be honest with and speak to. And I know you and I have had some great discussions at lunch and I I treasure those moments as well. I need those days. I need those times to go have breakfast with a bunch of guys and Mm. and be like that was that was therapeutic to me. Uh, You know, that was kind of what I needed to to keep moving on as well. So, I mean, yeah, it's not just one thing. It's it's a variety of things and kind of layered together that makes sense you know? yeah just uh, you got to have a healthy support around you and that includes uh, and, and pastor tad and i we you know we're friends so we're very blessed to that and so he and i have those types of discussions a lot you know where we definitely don't have a pastor who doesn't have friends and is not connected because i learned the value and, and the detriment of not having that to be insulated and to be uh, solo is is not what god has called pastors to do they have to be transparent somewhere in their life as well. Mm-hmm. And that includes being a father too, is the same thing. You you don't take all of that on your shoulders. You have to be transparent. You have to have you know, let people into that environment as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <clears throat> two words for me that are really coming forward as you were talking was one was grace. Like you mentioned grace and the other was community. Yeah. And, And I feel like grace, you mentioned grace from the Lord, but also like grace towards your, your spouse and, um, what does grace towards your kids look like?
1: Well, that takes, that's a little different sometimes. Um, because you know, we're, we're called to be the disciplinarians at times in their life. Um, and, um it does take a di- some different forms for the most part though it's being it's being uh confident and it's being consistent with them hmm. you know um but it's also being accessible to them now i can and my boys because they're they're pretty oh they're all strong-willed so <laughs> we'll not we'll, uh, let anybody out of that one but they all at times you know there's times when dad has to sit down with them and i had to learn as well to not discipline them in anger Mm. And to control my um, my emotions, because as a former police officer, um, I, I do have some PTSD, mm. and so sometimes that um, that manifested itself in in some different ways that I wasn't prepared for, um, and that was a few years ago. Um, probably like seven years ago when we first moved here, I really started noticing uh, anger issues that I didn't know about before oh, wow. but um but dealing with but being transparent with that, I found people around me to support me with that mm. and to give me some uh, advice on how to mitigate it. you know, ultimately it was the Lord helping me with that once again, pouring out that grace. It's not you have to have that. God's grace is it can't be overstated enough. none of this works without the grace of God. and so um, learning to. Understand how that how I work in that environment, and not to transfer that anxiousness or anger to those around me was important. And I still got to catch myself. It's still it's a it's a battle that we we have to fight. But learning not to discipline in anger, scream and yell and, and belittle them um, is important. But you still have to be firm, you know, and and um, un, unflinching in some areas. But on the one hand, correction. But then after corrections over, the fact that my kids want to come and sit with me and watch a movie or some of the younger kids, they want to sit in my lap or they want the girls want to be next to their dad and they want to snuggle on the couch. Hmm. Even my, my sons do that too. They're going to be embarrassed, but they like to snuggle too, hmm. you know? And so every day, you know, that, that's the important part is like you, it's all, it all comes together under the umbrella of love. Yeah. And ah. so my kids, yeah, I'm a strict father. Um, but they know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I love them more than my own life, and, mm. and that's evident because they respond to correction. And they respond mostly to the love as well. And so, when you can put all those together under the umbrella of love, and explaining to them why you discipline them, explain to them why you know um, uh, that you have to be harsh to them, or you have to be you have to be really strict with them. Explaining that to them, they need to understand the concept. So you can't just like yell at them and, and, and make them do things that doesn't make sense to them. But when they understand why you're telling them, this is not acceptable, and explain uh, a little bit of life to them, that kind of starts to make sense. It's they start to engage logic, in like you know what maybe he's right. Maybe this isn't this isn't what I want to do, and so uh, you know I'm talking with him a lot. So I mean all that together, it's an interesting thing.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's kind of the biggest. Um... Like goal as a parent, from what I'm understanding, is like being able to accurately communicate to your children, like and to teach them, mm-hmm. so they can understand and and go through life in a healthy way. And that process is gonna be different with yep. every kid, different with every parent, yep. and it's a challenge because of that variety. Uh, but there's, would you say like there's an art form to parenting? Hmm. like have you have you um gotten better at it over the years
1: yeah that's that's very true i mean you have to grow you have to grow i mean we we all have to be none of us have arrived and and this this side of heaven none of us are going to be at our destination so and that's that's the beauty of of our relationship with christ is that we're constantly growing the lord um plans for us to go through a process of sanctification to grow in grace to grow in in holiness and righteousness there's a there's a there's an order to it and if you're not in order then you're immature hmm. and that's going to show up in a lot of different ways spiritually um, and then if you're not mature as a person if you're not growing through life, then you're going to have problems because you're always going to be self Like I said earlier, in my 20s, um, I wasn't following the Lord, and so I was really self-centered. Um, I don't know how people put up with me back then, you know, especially girlfriends and whatnot. That was horrible. It wasn't what people needed. Uh, but like I said, through mistakes, I grew. And the, the growth wasn't always pleasant. A lot of it was, was hard to go through. But I wouldn't change anything because during those hard times, God, God's purpose wasn't the destination but the journey to take me through those difficult times to learn things about myself to where now it's, um, you know, the growth behind it, it helps me to communicate with my kids and, and learn what motivates them and, you know... Um, each one of them is different, mm. so you have to you have to have a different brush with if you're talking about artwork, you know. Yeah, you have to have a different. There's a different texture to each one, mm. and some respond to tacos, some <laughs> respond to to uh, a treat, you know. And, and so we do that. I, I'll I'll take a. I'll take one of them out of school, and I'm sorry if anyone from the school districts listening. Uh, usually, in 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 concert with an appointment somewhere, but uh, I'll take one of them to Costco with me on a Costco run, or mm. you know maybe it's uh, like today I have to take a daughter to dental appointment mm. or eye appointment, but I'm gonna take her out a little bit early, and she loves ice cream, so mm. I'm gonna stop by Dairy Queen. That's mm. my plan. I already have a plan. So, but th- those moments like that. Are teachable moments it's it's relational moments mm. that's you know each kid gets a day with dad or mom and we kind of do little trips like that you know yeah. on, on just everyday life but just learning to hey i get to be one-on-one with mom and dad and and then talking through hey how's everything going just seeing what they're what's happening with them you know because collectively it's chaos so you got to make those moments <laughs> you got to etch out a moment of like where it's just calm yeah so you have to create and be intentional so that part of that artistry is being intentional with the things you do
0: yeah i like that i like the intentional one-on-one time and i'm definitely motivated by tacos yeah so. me too <laughs> <laughs> uh here's a question so if you could describe your experience as a dad with three words what would those three words be and mm. why
1: Well, um, the only thing I can really think of is grace, grace, and grace. It's the truth, man. It's not a catchphrase. It's not a hallmark card. Um, Without God's grace in my life, I I could do anything. Um, Without Him, He's all-sufficient, you know. And I'm not the perfect Christian. I I don't do everything right. I have my moments of being a a self-centered person um, and, you know, just in the flesh at times, as the Bible will call it. Um, so I'm not I'm not sitting here trying to perpetrate some idea of like super righteous holiness, and I got it all together because that's not true. Um, and I sin just like everybody else, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But God's grace compels me to want to be a better person. Um, wants me to be, compels me to be a better father because I have the best example of, of a father figure is my heavenly father. You know, his relationship with me, his ministry to me, how he treats me. Um, You know, for instance, uh, in church on a Sunday morning, he's ministering to the whole congregation. But I get God anytime I want, personally. Hmm. And those moments are for me. You know, so um, I have to have that time or I'm no good to help others. So, you know, that helps me in ministry, but it also helps me in life. And, you know... When when we do have our Bible studies with our kids, I can relate those things to them. Hey, you know what? I know you're struggling with this, and I know this is hard for you. I struggle with it. You struggle with it? Yeah, I do. I have to pray every day. This is how I overcome that. Hmm. So I mean, the grace of God is just far reaching, and it's necessary in everything we do, um, because it's it's not it's not me; it's the Lord,
0: hmm.
1: and I have to trust Him in that process because I'm I'm me without God, I'm no good. I'm really not, you yeah. know? Huh. And, um, so everything that's good and that in my life comes from Jesus. Yeah, that's awesome. I've, I feel like, um,
0: like I, I'm a Christian as well. And I'm trying to think like, if I wasn't a Christian and listening, when I hear the word grace, I like get it, it might push me off a little bit, but sure. like, let me just expound on this posture that you're talking about. Like mm-hmm. is, is, you're, you're being completely vulnerable. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're getting to a place where you're so confident in who you are, that you are surrendering to a higher power and putting your trust and faith yeah. in, in him. And then allowing that to be a model of how you go and like love other people. Is that like yep. the, the, you know, we know that, that God just loves us unconditionally, you know, and he sent his son to die. And, um, and that love, like when we submit ourselves to this posture of receiving that love, mm-hmm. then we're able to go and love our family in the same Absolutely. way. And it frees us from like trying to figure it all out. It frees us trying to, from like holding the responsibility of trying to be perfect. Yep. Um, And it just allows us to, to, to love and to focus on that. And then the, the beauty in that is like, you said this before, but learning from our failures, like allowing our failures and our mistakes to push us forward and to grow. Um, and I'm going into being a dad, like expecting to fail and like, I don't, I don't like that. Like, I don't, I'm not like (laughs) excited to fail But the fact that I've never done it before, and basically everyone that steps into parenting, like, they have to kind of learn as you go. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to be prepared, but there are some things that people have told me, you just, you won't know until you get there, you know? And so having that foundation of, like, grace, that mindset, like, I think is going to be super helpful
1: yeah you know i mean the the concept of grace to a lot of people that that uh, maybe are just hearing this from the outside of, of a church environment is you know we think of mercy mercy is a small part of the grace of god and it's, it's the acronym god uh, god's riches at christ's expense we get the fullness of god the blessings of god from because of what jesus did not because of our marriage you know and the true grace of God is God doing for us what we can't do for ourselves. Mm. I can't be a better person by putting my mind to it. I can't be a loving father just I'm going to be loving today. That love has to come from inside. Um, forgiveness has to come from inside. You know, so that if it's not occurring inside my heart, then I can't dispense that to anybody. Mm-hmm. So those those workings have to come from the way I see my life and the way I see Christianity fitting into our world. Those things have to come from God's heart.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. I got a couple more questions for you. True. Sure. This next one is, uh, what is your number one driving motivation
1: to be the best dad you can be? Mm, that's a good question. Um, you know, growing up, I had my father struggle with alcoholism. Um, and so I, I can't speak about my father without speaking about my mother. Huh. Because my father was absent a lot, um, and at times he was uh, emotionally and physically abusive when he would uh, be intoxicated. Hmm. And um, learning from my mom, my mom was very open, and this is where I get a lot of that. I mean, it's it's not just uh, my father wasn't there all the time, so my mom bridged the gap, you know. So I learned a lot of openness from her. You know, you know, that that type of uh, approach to fatherhood. I think it's important. you got to have both. You can't just be hey, I'm gonna take you hunting and we're gonna skin a deer and, and whatever and then you know go go talk to your mom when you need help or hmm. you want to talk emotions go talk no, it's, we got to do both hmm. you know And so I learned that from my mom the, the example. but um, I, I found out that my dad had a hard childhood
0: hmm.
1: and so uh, emotionally, there were some issues there in the past that shaped the man that he became, and um, I realized that that's not what I wanted it to be. And there was moments and glimpses of this great dad that would that would show up every now and then, and you know those images and those things I do now. I I, I accept the good things and I reject the negative things. Hmm. And you know um, my dad struggled for a long time with with those issues and breaking up the family um but then you know he um dedicated his heart back to god and changed the last 25 years of his life was the dad i always needed hmm. was he was the the husband my mom needed he was the grandfather that my kids needed wow and so a very blessed to have that you know but to watch that um you know i didn't want to make the same mistakes i knew there was a better way to do it i saw my dad's heart at times and That part I wanted to display to my kids because he was a loving dad. He was great when he was, you know, himself and his demons were on the forefront of things. So, um, you know, that's my goal is is to be the best dad that I can be, the the great example that I did have. Mm -hmm. And then also allowing God just to really... um, dictate what a good father is and so god throughout the years had put many different men in my life um and friends fathers and you know those all those relationships impacted me so it wasn't just one thing uh, because i desperately needed a father and at times i had to find you know someone had to fit that role and i and i was blessed to have some good godly men and guys that weren't christians that just loved on me uh through sports and other things like that you know it would just saw a kid and, and saw some worth and that helped me, but you know, to help find, that's the most important thing is to give them worth, you know, mm-hmm. give our kids worth. And that's the kind of father I want to be.
0: Yeah. Um, could you speak a little bit just about a, adoption? I like got something that not every family goes through there. Mm-hmm. Um, there are probably some future dads that are listening that might have that in their mind, as an option, but um, that's something unique that you can sure. speak to.
1: Absolutely, uh, the adoption happened. Um, we were foster parents for uh, a couple of years with these with our girls, and um, the, it turned into permanency. And so, uh, you know, we only <laughs> my wife and I only wanted three kids. Hmm. Uh, that's what we felt. Yeah, that's good enough. And you know, God blesses with three boys, and we were pretty content with that. But when we saw another family in need, um, there's no way we could just sit by and watch them struggle. These kids needed somebody, you mm-hmm. know. And um, uh, it was really my wife was engaging, was friends with uh, one of the family members and um, got us involved that way. But she had helped, been trying to help for a long time the family. And so, um, you know, when the Lord opened that door, um, we just opened it up. We didn't intend to. We didn't set out that we're going to adopt them. We just wanted to help, Mm -hmm. give the mom some time to, you know, get her life together. It just didn't happen, unfortunately. And um, when the court was saying permanency, well, we're not going to set them loose. They're a part of our family. And so we said, yeah, we want to adopt them. You know, it was, Mm -hmm. it was, it was. There was really no question about it. Uh, God had been providing for us, and um, they are just the sweetest things and, and, and actually completed our family hmm. and even though it's crazy at times it, they completed us Yeah, and God knew what he, what was in, in store for us um, and we just had to be willing to be open to the concept of that of in, in, you know enlarging our family and um, bringing new people in I guess is kind of the thing but um, there's something about adoption that is really personal because in, in our Christian faith we've been adopted into the family of god hmm. i didn't really under i understood it but going through this process uh just gave me a newfound appreciation for what that means to me hmm. as a christian Believe as a christian man being adopted into the family of god is is wonderful it's gracious it's it's so much deeper now but um opening our hearts to to these kids was uh, the first step, you know, just seeing a need and, and wanting to fill it. Not necessarily saying, I'm, I'm going in to adopt, I'm like, you're gonna go buy a car, you know, but really just your heart has to be set in, you know what, I want to help. And, and in some cases it leads to frustration because the system doesn't work super well. And so there was a lot of frustration in our case. There was a, it was, uh, uh, I think we are a year, We could, we should have adopted them a year before. But because of the way whatever works, <laughs> bureaucracy, uh, we're a, a year behind. And there's other families still going through that now in our area. Mm. And it's a sad thing because um, things th- th- different things happen with parents that are not, you know, they come out of prison. They come out of, the you know, the woodwork somewhere. They show up and it, it just complicates things. The kids need consistency. mm they desperately need consistency. They need to know they're safe. They need to, There's a lot of things that come from that. And so the sooner that you can get to that point, the better for them. Yeah. But yeah, I would, I would recommend it. There's so many kids that need it and so many families that um, could provide that for them. They need that stable environment. Yeah. Don't be afraid of it. It's good.
0: Yeah, be open to it. Yeah. And it sounds like you and your wife's heart um, was really changed. Mm -hmm. through the process and you're at a spot now that like you um would never take back like that transformation oh no i don't know yeah it's worth it like you said like it's just a completion of your family and yeah um so it's really just a a beautiful story and it is it's not
1: my it's the lord's story you know honestly yeah
0: i I just get to be a part of it yeah that's really cool i as a final question Mm -hmm. Uh, for the people who are listening, the current and future dads out there, um, what would you, if you could give them just like one piece of advice, um, uh, to kind of end
1: on, what would it be? I would say engage, be present, you know, <clears throat> don't be afraid to be the dad that stays home with their kid and takes care of their, their, when they have a cold. Um, seek those moments hmm. you know lead by example don't don't depend on your wife to be just the loving spouse and the emotional anchor of your family uh, do some work on yourself hmm. you know really make it a point that you know the kids need a father that has the, the full range of emotion and experience they need all of that to be men you know there's a lot of buzzwords that go in our in our society about toxic masculinity mm. well true masculinity is is best exemplified by Jesus in mm. the bible we see a, a person of conviction of commitment uh, of but and, and you know and at, at times he had to he had to lay down the law uh, at time, you know when he when he cleared the temple of the, the tax collectors he wasn't being very nice about it, but it was a holy anger. It wasn't It wasn't uh, something he wanted to condemn and kill people, but they were making a mockery of God's temple, and that was not okay. So he had to stand for something, be a man that stands for something. And then Christ also, you know, when we see this picture of him, he was also the most loving person you could have seen. He was the strongest man, He was all man, but you know what? He cried. He mm. had compassion. He was motivated by the love he had in his heart for people. And that drove him to engage and, and to lower, um, some might say that to lower himself to go sit with tax collectors and prostitutes. But that compassion motivated him. And so Christ being the perfect example of what a man should be, is we need to adopt that. Even if you're not a Christian, you can still appreciate the strength, the love, the compassion that Jesus, the historic Jesus had.
0: Hmm.
1: And, you know, and I, I'm not trying to make everyone a Christian but you should all be but (laughs) that's the best thing we could do Um, but it's far reaching you know it's not just some it's not just some um, placard we live up to to, you have to really engage it um, personally and so dads you got to be there you got to be engaged you got to be this full figure of a man that that is going to help prepare your sons to be married someday how to treat women you Mm -hmm. know they watch you how do you treat your wife Mm-hmm. Right. And so those traits and how do you, how do you treat each other? I mean, you can't always be uh, motivated by business. Uh, you have to have a schedule. And so when you're at home, then everything else gets turned off mm-hmm. and you keep your time with your family sacred. I'm a pastor, but uh, the church doesn't come before my, my family. Mm-hmm. It won't. I, I've done that before and it's failure. So, my family comes first above everything else, and they know that. And you know, when it's time for dad to go, it's yeah. They miss me, but they understand how that works. You know, so um, that's the best thing I could say is be a dad who engages fully now. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much. you're
0: welcome. Awesome to hang out, yeah. You. you too. And hopefully, at some point, maybe we can do it again. Absolutely. And yeah. So All right. Uh, Thank you guys, and we'll see you in the next one.